The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to Cast a Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Anwar Starwin. What's going on, Anwar? What's up, Don? What up, people out in the audience that I can't see, but I respect you anyway. And on this edition of Cast a Strong Style, we are joined once again by Terry's boy. What's going on, Terry? Not too much, man. Not too much. Ready to talk about this G1. Uh, glad that you could join us once again. Lend us your insight and expertise on these matches from the G1 that we're going to review. Today, we're going to talk about nights five through seven. All of these events took place in Coracon Hall. So great crowd reaction and atmosphere for all three nights. So we'll start with night five, our first matchup. Kenta faced Lance Archer. Lance Archer looks for the claw, but Kenta counters into a triangle. He transitions that into the Omoplata, and Lance Archer has to tap out, and Kenta remains undefeated in this year's G1. Man, I just love the back and forth. Like, like the crowd was fucking hot for that match. And it's cool to hear Archer, like, being chanted up, like, you come a long way from him disappearing at times, like, for during the year for New Japan. Like, he's really making the most of his opportunity. And, hey, man, Kenda put out another really good performance. He snapped on that game over, and it literally was game over for his last. Terry's boy, your thoughts on Kenta and Lance Archer? Yeah, really good match. Hard hitting still. Uh, it was really like interesting to see like New Japan because I like I said on Twitter I was thinking of like what if you had similar guys in WWE like if you had McIntyre against I don't know like Giant Gargano WWE would never give Giant Gargano this much offense but Kenta's was laying his shit in I was selling and firing back and some good shit especially that finish I came out of nowhere I was like wow okay yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, I, I'm really enjoying everything about Lance Archer in this G1 tournament this year. I think that he's been a revelation. Uh, his matches have been entertaining, each and every last one of them. And like you said, Enwar, the crowd has a newfound respect for him, and they're really into his matches as well. And so that always adds an extra element to these high-quality matches. Kenton looks like you said, Enwar, last week. The more matches he has, the more ring rust is coming off. Looks like he's getting into, you know, ring shape. And uh, we only expect him to have bigger and better matches from here on out. Mm-hmm. I like how Archer, like, he fucking with people during the match and fuck with the crowd. Like, he, he I remember during the New Japan Cup, he called, like, Will Ospreay Chibi, like, Osprey, which is Chibi in Japan, Japanese means small, little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was laughing at that, and I like how he was messing. You ain't Captain, you eat there, yo. You making me laugh, man. In our next matchup, Sonata faced off against Evil. 
Evil looks for everything is evil, but Sonata cradles him for a two count. Evil hits a lariat, but Sonata pops up at one. Evil turns Sonata inside out with a lariat for a two count, and then he hits everything is evil, and Evil gets the win over his tag team partner, Sonata. Terry's boy, I'll let you have the first dibs on Sonata and Evil, two tag team partners mm-hmm. going at it. And uh, they went at it tooth and nail. They didn't pull any punches. And uh, this was a hell of a match. Yeah, it was really good. Really nice back and forth. Like you tell these guys, team each other. Because every time they would go for a signature move, the other guy would be like, nope, I've seen this before. Million times, get a counter. Uh, I like how the story built where they were going blow for blow, but Evil was just that little bit stronger and more intense and obviously trying to push himself to that next level. So he has a nice number in this one, but yeah, really solid, really strong match. Mr. Anwar Starwin, you've always been a big fan of Evil. And like you said, the LIJ boys really go at each other hard because they figure that they're the very best in the company and eventually the best will have to wrestle the best. So your assessment of Evil picking up this win? Evil needed to win. Sonata has been really in more high-profile like high matches over the last couple of years. And it was it was big that Evil get this victory and it's good for his character going forward. I mean, it's it's just... It was an awesome match, and it, it really was, like, how, like, you would expect someone who's friends with you or, like, you're really close with to be able to have counters for you, to be able to stop the stuff you're doing. It's like playing your family or friends in video games. Like, anybody else you probably could crush, but them, they know you, so they know what you want to do, and they can take it away. Now, if you get to the point with family and be able to beat them on a consistent basis, then that, that means you're really impressive. But yeah, man, it was it was cool, and I love like Sonata being that dude that likes to do other people moves on <laughs> on them. Like he hit evil with that everything is evil, and I pop like shit. But yeah, man, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a cool match, cool match. I like how evil put him in the uh, in the uh, in the in the paradise lock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool too. Next matchup, we see the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, the Rainmaker Okada. Face off against Bad Luck Fale. Okada counters out of the Bad Luck Fall. He hits a drop kick and then he drop kicks uh, Chase Owens on the outside. Jado hits Okada with the kendo stick, but Fale then runs into Jado and knocks him off the apron. Okada then cradles Fale with the Bulldog sit down pin, and Okada gets the win. And one star win. We know you're such a big fan of watching Bad Luck Fale in singles matches. What? <laughs> How would you rate Bad Luck Fale's effort in this match? Fale's been doing good. I'll give him credit. Like, this is a nice short match. Just how I like most of my Fale matches. I, I was happy when it was over, and I enjoyed Little Kazu taunting him with the, with, the, with the salute at the end of the match. So I was like, that's so disrespectful, but I was here for it. Terry's boy, same thing. Uh, your assessment of Bad Luck Fale's effort in this match. He is the lightning rod when it comes to this tournament. A lot of people thought that after last year, he probably should have been bounced in favor of Minoru Suzuki. But uh, your thoughts on his effort against Okada? Uh, this was a decent match. I mean, obviously Okada and him had better matches when Fale was a lot lighter. But 
no cool simple match built around like a kind of getting simple moves like i was shocked when he got the air raid crash neck breaker on somebody that big and obviously the power slam spot is a big thing okada likes and i think okada's obvious enthusiasm carries too because a lot of people are like oh, i gotta follow follow but maybe it's just his love for wrestling but okada is always like all right i get to wrestle follow I get to try and slam a giant dude. Yeah, the uh, if anybody can bring out the best of Fale, it tends to be Okada. They've had some uh, really good matches in the past, uh, like Anwar said earlier. And uh, if you're going to see a good Fale match, most of the time Okada is on the other side. Two guys who always provide you good matches, no matter who's on the other side of the ring. Tanahashi faced off against Zack Sabre Jr. Tanahashi counters to PK and Zack Sabre Jr. slaps away at him and Tanahashi hits a nasty dragon screw leg whip. The sling blade follows for two. Tanahashi heads up top and the high cross and the high fly body cross follows. He goes back up top and the high fly flow gets caught by Zack Sabre's knees. We get a triangle by Zack Sabre Jr., but Tanahashi counters into a cradle, and Tanahashi gets the win over Zack Sabre Jr. Terry's boy, my man Zack isn't having the greatest start to this year's G1 tournament. He's putting people in a lot of predicaments, but they seem to be putting him in the final predicament. So your assessment of Zack Sabre Jr. so far in this year's tournament. Oh, uh, yeah, they, they've been telling an interesting story because Zach's whole thing is I'm the best wrestler. And in the three matches he lost, he got out-wrestled and got beat by simple wrestling moves. And it's like, oh, you would think the guy who literally knows every counter to every switch ever would see some of this coming. But I, I like this whole kind of story they're telling where Zach is a petulant little child and getting pissed off. He, he thought he was going to... Roll through the tournament, talk about tapping out everybody. And yeah, it hasn't worked out for him. He's been getting caught. So I'm curious, like, where it's going to go from. Because it seems like this is headed towards him trying to add something new to his game. I don't know what that would be. Maybe striking, because he does seem to be able to strike a little bit when he does do it. But I'm, I'm liking the story they're building up. Mr. Anwar Starwin, the ace, Tanahashi. We kind of criticized him earlier this year leading into the G1, saying that, you know what, maybe this might not be the best look for him to be a part of this year's tournament just because of the wear and tear on his body and how grueling this tournament is. But so far, so good for Tanahashi through three matches. He's held up pretty good, and he's produced two really high-quality matches. Yeah, man, that's just Tanahashi turning on life and getting heat up. There's nothing new. Uh, this match was really good. I definitely, like, missed parts of it because I was actually cooking breakfast while watching it. So I'm definitely going to run it back. But seeing Zach, <laughs> seeing Zach just get, get caught slipping again by Tanahashi with some simple shit, like, that was that was that was funny. Like, and then his reaction to it is like, I've never seen, I haven't seen complaining like this since like Christian in his prime. Just, just, <laughs> just, just, just salty. 
the main event for night five, Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay. Ospreay looks for the Stormbreaker, but Ibushi counters into a knee strike. They work into counters, and the Michinoku driver gets a two for Kota Ibushi. Osprey then counters back with the Spanish fly for his own two count. Will Osprey he drops the elbow pad. The hidden blade is countered with an elbow strike and a lariat. Ibushi drops the knee pad. Boombaye turns Osprey inside out for a great near fall. Then Ibushi follows up with the Kamagoye, and Kota Ibushi gets the win over Will Osprey. Now, Anwar Starwin, me and you, we are on the same page here saying that Will Ospreay is currently one of the front runners for Wrestler of the Year. I said I thought it was between him and Shingo and whoever had the first, the next great five-star match first would probably be the winner. I think I'm going to have to give it to Will Ospreay because uh, this match with Kota Ibushi, it wasn't their... Best of the Super Juniors final match level from a few years ago, but it was pretty close. What do you feel about it? It was a really good match. It, they like it looked like it was a different match. It wasn't they they played into their injuries and you made you wonder like what's going on and then they ramped it up at the end to be like, ah, we're playing games with you. But it it was really it was, it was different from their Match with, at the dome. I, I like. I think I like this match more than the one at the dome. Definitely got to run it back. But yeah, man, it was a really good match. I'm not conceding anything to like Will yet. It, he's in the front runner position, but Shingo's still on his tail. So we still got the rest of the tournament going. Nah, nah. All right, Terry's boy, Kota Ibushi got off to a slow start, but he got this hard fought win. Over Will Ospreay, what do you see his future looking like uh, going forward in the tournament? Is this kind of the springboard to get him to where everybody thought he would be by the end of the tournament? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think this is like the start for him. Man. He even kind of like felt it in his post-match interview. He's kind of like, yeah, finally, finally starting to feel like myself and Got a strong win against the guy who obviously beat him previously, so had to feel good. And hey, the ankle's looking fine. Like obviously, like guys brought up, everybody's banged up in this tournament, but Bushi seems to be working pretty well on that ankle. Just an overall great night of matches uh, from this block. Um, uh, every match in here was good in its own right even Okada and uh, Bad Luck Folly so I would suggest that Night 5 definitely go back and check that out especially the semi-main and the main event those two matches definitely are worth the hour that it'll take to kind of watch those two matches so we'll shift over to Night 6 our first match we have Shingo Takage versus Taichi. Taichi hits kicks and an axe bomber and an enziguri, and then the last ride powerbomb follows for a two count. Shingo blocks the super kick, and the ref is down. We get a pumping bomber by Shingo, and Taichi kicks out. Shingo follows up with Last of the Dragon, and Shingo gets the win over Taichi. Now, Anwar Starwin, I'd like for you to assess the effort 
that our man Taichi put forth here against Shingo. They have a lot of history as they were bringing up uh, throughout the match between these two. But your assessment of Taichi in this match, is he living up to the expectations he has set forth for you? In this match, he was awesome. It was a banger. They just brought it to each other, and, and there was no, I have no complaints about that match. That's definitely one of the matches I will be like looking back in, on throughout the year because that's just like, man, they, they, they just brought it to each other. I got no complaints about that match. Now, Terry's boy, in this match, Shingo didn't need uh, any real shenanigans from Bushi to handle his business. He got this win in more of a cleaner fashion than the last one. How do you feel they're telling the story of Shingo uh, trying to find his way wrestling these heavyweights and navigating uh, his way to wins and, and finding different ways to win than he did during the Best of the Super Juniors tournament? I'm finding it really, really interesting. Like it, it, it seemed like he, he getting more fired up because you could tell he kind of underestimated Juice. He kind of said in the pre-match promo he was kind of going eat Juice up. So I think that early loss kind of humbled him a little bit. And then I, I think he has some extra motivation because I don't know if you guys watched the post-match interviews, but Tai Chi was talking all kinds of shit. He called. Shingo a piglet. He said, "Oh, you couldn't what? even win the best of Super Juniors. Like you think you about to beat me in the G one? Like, come on, come on. <laughs> you a junior heavyweight, so I, I think that that definitely gave extra motivation for Shingo. Like, oh, okay. And again, I don't know what it is, but Tai Chi seems to have great chemistry with the Lij guys. I don't know what it is, but he seems to have a special dynamic with those guys. Where Anytime you put them in the ring with an LIJ guy, other than Ishii, they get the most out of Tai Chi that you can get. He, he seems extra motivated. Yeah, I was very impressed with Taichi, even in a loss. He's super aggressive. And uh, and Shingo is very impressive, even as a quote-unquote lighter weight uh, wrestler. He's still powerful, man, and he brings it to these guys, and so he doesn't back down. Jeff Cobb, he faced off against Juice Robinson in our next matchup. Jeff Cobb drops the straps, hits a super kick, and he hits a bridging German suplex for a two count. The two of the islands is countered into a cradle by Juice for his own two count. Cobb then counters the left hand of God, hits a German suplex in the two of the islands, and he gets the win over Juice Robinson. Terry's boy. Do you feel like we have upgraded our American big man when it comes to having Jeff Cobb replace Michael Elgin in this role? Is this an upgrade, a lateral move, or do you feel like it's been a downgrade? Um, I think it right now it's a lateral move. I feel like into this match, Cobb really hasn't got to show what he could do. I think you're still getting used to that New Japan pace because not that he, he's a slow-moving guy, because I've seen his matches in, like, PWG. Despite his weight, he can go quick, but it, it definitely seemed like it was an adjustment for him to get used to this tempo. But I, I think as the tournament going to go on, he's going to show more of uh, what he can do. And, I mean, he's more versatile than Elgin, because Elgin is kind of all power moves and clotheslines. 
that all look really good and really stiff, whereas Kyle can obviously throw in that, like, Vader element where he, like, and Keith Lee element where he's, like, a 300-plus pound dude can fly and hit moonsaults and stuff. Hmm. All right, Mr. Anwar Starwin, just your overall thoughts on Jeff Cobb defeating Juice Robinson. How did you feel the chemistry was between these, these two in this match? And uh, is this a matchup you'd like to see again? Maybe if Juice uh, gets the U.S. title back, that maybe this will be one of his first uh, defenses is against Jeff Cobb. From the back of my mind, I remember it being a good match, but I wasn't blown away by it, if that makes any sense. I like both wrestlers, but it just didn't really click on me on a level level, like most of the best matches in the tournament thus far. But it was a good match. They could, they could have a better match in the future, but I wasn't blown away by it. All right. Now, I'm pretty sure this next match made uh, Anwar Starwin just so happy. Jay White faced off against Yano. Jay White avoids the low blow. Ghetto takes takes out the ref, and we get a low blow from Jay White. Yano missed Jay White with water to counter the Blade Runner. The ref is still down. Yano takes the brass knucks away from Ghetto. We get a low blow to Jay White with the brass knucks, and Yano cradles him up, and Yano defeats Jay White. I laughed so hard, <laughs> so, so hard. I did not see that shit coming. I was like, I just did not see that shit coming. It was amazing. <laughs> I think we said that for every Jay White match <laughs> so far that we've reviewed. <laughs> we didn't see that coming. Yeah, what a difference a year, Mike. What a difference a year, Mike. Yeah, Terry's boy, Jay White, getting off to the O for start so far in this year's tournament. Uh, being booked a lot different than he was last year. Uh, the crowds, though, are really into his matches, whether they're for him or against him. He's definitely invoking a lot of emotion. And that's all you can ask for right now, I think, uh, in his current position where he's kind of fighting back up to get in the main event spot again. Our semi-main event of night six, Naito faced off against Goto. Goto counters to Destino into a net breaker and both men are down. Goto hits the Ishiguroshi and covers for a two count. He follows with kicks, but Naito fights off the GTR. They work into counters and Naito cradles him for a two count. Goto hits the reverse GTR and a running kick. Naito then counters the Ishiguroshi into a DDT and then follows with a Destino for a two count. The Destino connects again, and Naito finally gets the pin on Goto, and Naito gets his first win in this year's G1 tournament. All right, Terry's boy, I'll let you go first on this one. Goto, he's been rejuvenated this year in the tournament. Him and Naito, to me, they have middle-of-the-road matches. Seems like it should be great on paper, but once they get into the ring, it seems like they just have a herky-jerky chemistry with each other. But uh, i like to hear your assessment of uh, what you thought between these two. Oh, yeah, I thought it was a decent match. Obviously, Naito is probably going to have some better matches going forward. But I think he not only did he need to win, but he also needs to have like a stronger match because his first two matches, by no fault, so were kind of like, yeah, like not really of the Naito level you would expect. So I think this is a good bounce back for him, and I 
I, I guess I was kind of more into this more more people because I like the kind of because Naito was kind of having fun in the pre-match and post-match interviews. He he, he, he saw Go's L.A. Dojo shirt and I guess he thought Goto changed his name, so he was like, "Huh, Goto changed his name to like Dojo? He, he doing Luchador thing? I, I think that's good for him. He, he kind of needs to reinvent himself." He's gotta get bored, so hey, cool man. Oh man, that's how we roast the people. Yeah, he, he do have that like just subtle way of just like just like ooh man. All right, Mr. Anwar Starwin, Naito, he's uh on the board. He got his first win. Uh, a lot of people are expecting bigger things from him in this tournament, but uh, your thoughts on Naito and Goto? Like I said, I really didn't think that they ramped it up and got into that, you know, that next level gear that they that they could have. But uh, maybe you thought different. Man, uh, I I just really dug this night. <laughs> I guess like I liked it so much the fact because I had to sit through like those last two like Naito matches and. Uh, they, I, that's my man, but I was not really rocking with those matches. Like, I mean, nevertheless, episode, I was like, mm, this is a good match, but I'm never going to watch this, like, Taiki and Nitro match again. To, like, follow <laughs> that up with this match, I'm like, yeah, man. And, I mean, I'm going to go, everybody know, I, I'm i going to go to the dude, so, seeing him in really good matches, singles matches, is always going to be something I'm down for. So, man, I dug the match. I got no complaints about that one. Alright, now we move into our main event for night six. John Moxley versus Ishii. Moxley looks for Death Rider, but Ishii counters out and he hits a lariat. Ishii follows with another lariat for a near fall, but the Brain Buster is countered. Ishii hits a headbutt, he hits some strikes and two lariats, but Moxley fires up. They trade strikes until Moxley hits the Death Rider for a two count. Moxley drops the knee pads and the knee trembler connects and he hits the elevated Death Rider and John Moxley gets a win over Ishii. Anwar Starwin, I'll let you have the floor for what I think is so far, if not the match of the tournament, the second best match of the tournament. Hey man, you can make that claim. This match, like, the first time I saw it, I knew it was a great match. And and I thought it was, like, ever, like um Moxie's best match as a singles. And then I rewatched it last night. <laughs> it is definitely a great match, and it is definitely the best match I've seen Moxie as a single solo performer I've ever seen. It was it was awesome. They, they brought it, and then he cut that fire post-match promo. It was so fire that it pissed off Seth and caused him to say that crazy shit recently. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, man, this is like, this is a person betting on himself and believing in himself regardless of what being told to them by their employer and going outside of that system to prove them wrong. Like, I was right all along. I wasn't the problem. You were the problem. And in life, at times, we all have to do this situation where we have to, like, you know, this place ain't going, working out for me, but I know I'm talented enough to do something somewhere else and be a big 
part of something successful, and then we do it. And for us, like, this little people to see this, you don't know, like, this could be inspiring somebody who might be going through stuff at a place that they really don't like working, but they have to work there for the period. Like, this this is, like, this story is some, like, it goes even bigger than just wrestling for me to watch. So, man, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I want Ambrose to, like, like I mean, Moxley to keep killing it. And the fact that he, they, they reference Regal, I am one of the biggest Regal, I've been a big Regal fan. And the fact that he was even kind of doing the Regal stretch, I'm kind of doing the Regal stretch. And he did the Regal, and then I was like, wow, like, that's so in love. Because they don't necessarily have to reference Regal like that in commentary. So, man, yeah, that, that, was, that was awesome. Because, I mean, Regal had tenure in New Japan, too. So, everything comes around. All right, Terry's boy. Ever since the departure of Kenny Omega, Ishii has solidly taken over the title of best bout machine in New Japan, and he definitely lived up to it here against John Moxley. Just your overall thoughts of the match. Uh, I thought it was a five star match. Did you agree? Yeah, this match was amazing. I mean, we didn't even talk about Ishii did a die through a table. Ishii, yes, yes. Tomohiro Ishii did a die. Yeah, but yeah, I, I thought this was the perfect mix of that like hardcore brawling style that Moxley clearly is known for and wants to do it. Ishii just like shoot hard, strong style, and like just when you thought they might run out of steam, they just kept picking up the intensity and picking up the intensity, and then like I get for the story they telling why Moxley won, but that that was a shock to me. I thought for sure Ishii was winning this, but when Moxley won, I was like, well, I gotta give it to him. And then, like Anwar said, that promo he cut, you like you can just tell how much happier and more relaxed dude is, and just he, he just having the time of his life. Yeah, you can definitely tell a difference in his wrestling style, his uh, how much fun he's having with Shota and Minu, uh, even when they do their backstage <laughs> um, promos as well. That you can just see that here's a guy who is getting to do wrestling the way he wants to do it. Without a lot of, uh, you know, people trying to rein in his creativity. And he's getting out there and he's showcasing. And like you said, Anwar, showing everybody that, hey, you got tired of me, not because of me, but because of what they were putting me in. And now that I'm out of that system, he's rejuvenated. And I think the people who like John Mosley are rejuvenated as well. And uh, it's just been fun watching him, like I said, have all these different style matches with all these different people. I mean, just about every time he wrestles, it's some sort of dream matchup, you know, in this tournament. And it's only going to make him better. And when he gets to AEW, he's going to have a larger cachet and and a lot more experience to draw from when he goes into those matches as well. So the future is very bright for Mr. John Moxley. Man, that shingo match won't be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Gonna, yo, that's going to be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. This is Cast a Strong Style. Cast a Strong Style is a part of the CSPN. You can find the CSPN on the web at www.cspn.us. You can also subscribe to Cast a Strong Style through iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and YouTube. So we'll go into our final night for this show, night seven. We start off with Zack Sabre Jr. versus Bad Luck Fale. 
Zach Sabre Jr. counters the bad luck fall. They're at, they're fighting in the crowd, so he's trying to uh, uh, give him the bad luck fall in the crowd. They're up several rows in Corrigan Hall. Uh, Sabre counters the bad luck fall, and Folly runs in to chase Owens. Zach Sabre Jr. locks on a hanging armbar, and once he gets uh, bad luck Folly down, he lets go of the armbar. He runs back to the ring, and he beats the count, and Zach Sabre Jr. wins by count out. So, Anwar Starwin, we start off another episode of uh, the G1 with Bad Luck Fale in the very first match. He's throwing Zack Sabre Jr. around. I love it when they finally pay off the count-out win, and it was a good way for Zack to get his first win over a much larger opponent. How did you feel that this story hit, and were you a fan of it? Yes, I was very much a fan of it, and I loved how I really didn't know. I was trying to figure out how Zach was going to pull this shit off. And then he used his brain to, like, outsmart him and set up traps to prevent him from getting back in the ring in time. It was brilliant. I loved the, the finish. It, it, I loved the story that they told. Everything ain't got no be no slow, no, no, like, grappling class. You tell stories different ways, and the count-out was a great move because you, you heard how the crowd sounded when that happened, so... That's how you set up something and then you pay it off someday. Terry's boy, just your overall thoughts on uh, the opening match for Night 7. Yeah, this, this is really entertaining. <laughs> well set up. And I, I even like the notes for the Bullet Club guys. They try, like I think Chase tried to punch Zach. He was like, nope, saw that coming. <laughs> Fine of playing off the idea that, hey, Zach is a pretty crafty dude. Like, he... In addition to being a great technical wrestler, he is pretty quick on his feet. And, yeah, like, <laughs> it would be kind of hard for Zach to believably, because he's probably not going to tap out Fale. And there's no way he gets Fale up for that Zach driver. There's no way. So this was a very creative way. Like, obviously, like you said, the crowd loved it, and I loved it. And just Zach smiled when he was. That little smile, smile, like, I got you. <laughs> and then we kind of into a match that I saw on paper was like, huh, I don't know how interesting this is going to be, but man, was I wrong once the action got going. Tanahashi faced off against Lance Archer. Tanahashi goes up top and the high cross is countered into a choke slam for a two count. Archer follows with the twisting splash for a two and he calls for the claw, but Tanahashi fights him off. Archer applies the claw, but Tanahashi makes the ropes. Archer takes Tanahashi up top. He's looking for the blackout, but Tanahashi gets the victory roll, and he sneaks the win in over Lance Archer. Now, Terry's boy, I was amazed at how much the crowd was into this match. This was a revelation to me because it was like, you know what? This is what WWE matches are missing. Just people into the match. Not the dives or the run-in, but the actual wrestling of the match. Your assessments of Lance Archer, again, with another great performance, even in a loss against Tanahashi. Yeah, he's just a great kid. He's a great heel. Like, he... He knows how to be, like, obnoxious, and it, it seemed like he found a way to, because at first it seemed like when New Japan told him he couldn't do the blowing water in the crowd thing, he kind of lost a little something, was kind of disappointed, but 
he kind of gained it back. And he, I'm going to be interested to see his match going forward because in his post-match promo, he's basically like, fuck it. I'm not trying to win anymore. I'm just going to kill all these motherfuckers. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, it's just great kid to work. And that's really why this match was so strong. Like, Tanahashi is the ultimate white meat baby face. He, he knows how to play that baby face in peril. This kind of reminded me of that, like, Ric Flair Vader match from I think it was one of the Starcades in WCW, where it's just the old veteran trying to stop the big giant monsters just beating the crap out of them. And uh, yeah, it's just nice seeing the dynamic. Like, yeah, when you, when you get people that the crowd actually can invest in, like, you can have matches like this that you wouldn't think would be that great. And they just get elevated a level because the people care. Now, Anwar Starwin, Corrigan Hall is a very weird place when it comes to Tanahashi. This was about a 50-50 crowd. There were just as many people cheering for Lance Archer as there was for Tanahashi. And that really surprised me, uh, you know, considering Lance Archer and his Suzuki gun ties and everything. Uh, so your thoughts on just the crowd reaction to Lance Archer? And, uh, and, and did it surprise you that he had as much support during that match? It kind of did surprise me, but you got to also think about the type of fans that go to Corican Hall shows. Like, they're, like, really hardcore. So, they've been watching all the other tournament matches, probably even those undercard, like, tag matches, and seeing, like, Lance's, like, performances, and they've been impressed by it. And once you get the people behind you, don't really matter if you're here. They, they, they respect you, and that respect is coming through, and they're cheering because it threw me off, too. But it's like... Lance deserves all the credit he's doing. He put in the work and and it's showing. It's like I want to keep. I'm rooting for him. I want to keep it up. He can like it's a spot for him to potentially be that that monster guy in that company, like Monster Hill wrestler. And I want him to get it because he's an entertaining dude. Like we've seen this flashes from Lance over years. This isn't new. We've seen him have the ability to do some of the stuff he's doing now. But to see him be able to put all this shit together now, of all times, in one of the most important spots, it's it's really great, man. So yeah, I, I, I wanted to keep keep it up. We move to our next matchup. Kenta he faced off against Evil. Evil hits the lariat and that gets two count. He drops the elbow pad and Kenta counters with the Basaku knee for a two count. Kenta hits another Busaku knee and Evil kicks out again. Evil blocks the PK, and then Kenta takes Evil down. He hits the PK, followed by the go to sleep, and Kenta is undefeated in this year's tournament so far, 4-0. He's got eight points, and he's looking stronger and stronger each and every matchup. Terry's boy, this ain't Hideo Itami we watching. <laughs> this is a. Oh, no. This is definitely. Oh, no. This is definitely something new, especially for me because I don't have any uh, prior knowledge of Kenta. So, just um, are you shocked with how strong they've booked him so far to start this tournament? Um, not really, because again, New Japan doesn't have the philosophy like other promotions, where it's like, oh, this guy came from somewhere else. So let's bury him to show how much better we are. They kind of like <laughs> what makes like the most sense for the story. And kind of looking at the rest of the block, it's like 
I mean, I don't think Okada is winning the G1, so it's like somebody has to beat him, and you kind of have to set something up for King to pro wrestling. So, I mean, hey, especially since Okada's already beat two major people, so it's like, yeah, I, I'm liking it, and I'm I'm liking the story, which the commentator team did a great job. Because, again, if you watch the match promos, he was basically one of those guys that, like, Kenta don't belong here. Uh, like, I, I don't think he's that good. He's going to flop in this tournament. So, I, I like how, as we're getting along, Kenta's getting progressively, like, more pissed off. And this match was a great showcase of that because I, I, I've seen enough Kenta to know that's kind of one of his trademarks. He's like, okay, all right. You want to throw down? Let's throw down. Obviously, Evil is like the perfect opponent for that because that's his style as well. So, yeah. And again, like, if you, I don't know how long Kent is going to be in New Japan, but I assume it's going to be at least for a little while. And obviously, unlike, say, America or other places, Japanese fans kind of stick with their one company that they watch so for a lot of these fans, I imagine, outside of the hardcores, they've never really watched Kenta. I'm sure they know who he is. So, again, if you want the fans to warm up to a guy, you, you got to make him look good. All right. Now, Mr. Anwar Starwin, we know that you have a large affinity for Kenta. Is he starting to round into the form that you're used to, or is he still a little bit a ways away from getting back into what you consider classic form? We can't really expect him to be what he once was because he's five years older and he's gone through numerous injuries. But we can acknowledge him putting up really good performances and getting better with each match. And it's there for you to see. He's getting better with each match. And I know he's probably saving his I'm along with other people thinking that he's probably saving some of the tank for specific matches to go take it to an even higher level. That match versus Okada is going to be ridiculous. So, mm-hmm. get ready. So, get ready. Um, this match was awesome. Evil, like, it was, he was a perfect match for, like, Kenta as an as opponent as far as striking and powers. It was just cool. And I didn't see Kenta being 4 0 at this point, but I'm, it, it, it shows you the level of, like, we have this new talent. We're going to see it. We're going to push him and make him a big deal. And, hey, man, he's doing it. And I like how Kenna, like, adjusted to the crowd because the crowd was not fucking here for him at all. So <laughs> that's the, like, the really talented, like, old, like, like wrestlers, they see what the crowd wants and needs, and they adjust to it. I've seen Tanahashi, like, be booed and adjust early in the match to playing here within the match against Naito, so, like, that's part of wrestling, man, like, in some companies, they want you to just stick with the character completely through, but, man, that don't really make sense, it's just to the crowd, and you can get even better performance, and, and the crowd be in it, to it, but yeah, man, awesome match. Yeah, Fukuyama is the place that does not fuck with Tanahashi, that's where that match took place with him and Naito, where they were booing the shit out of Tanahashi, and he had to, like, literally within the first two minutes of the match, switch up and become the heel. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Semi-main event, Kota Ibushi versus Sonata. Sonata fights off the suplex, but eats a Pele kick. He rebounds with the spin kick. Sonata applies a skull in and spins Ibushi around, and Ibushi counters out and hits the high kick. 
Abushi follows with the Boombaye for a two count. He drops the knee pad and the Kamagoye connects for the win. And Kota Abushi has now won two matches in a row in the G1. Uh, this was the unofficial handsome battle, as they described it on the English commentary uh, between these two. So, so Terry's boy, Sonata, the curious case of Sonata. I think he has all the tools to be a major, major factor. I think every year, this is the year that the Sonata is going to win the G1 and he's going to get in the main event. But it just has not panned out that way. What do you see in Sonata's matches or his demeanor that you feel is holding him back from breaking through into the upper upper tier in New Japan? Um, I guess I guess just kind of letting it go and being a bit more outgoing. I do think he needs to have like maybe one more new move to his move set because it it. He's a great wrestler, but it is kind of predictable. Like, he always kind of goes for the score in at a certain point. And the Muto Moonsaw, obviously, at this point, if you get beat with the Muto Moonsaw, it's kind of your own fault. Because he <laughs> telegraphs that boy, like, so blatantly where it's like, oh, Moonsaw time. So I, I think he just needs one more element to his, his game and, and just show more of his personality because – we know it's there, like in his costume, like which he brought back his old All Japan outfit, the pirate. I was like, "Oh, okay." I I didn't even know about this. <laughs> <laughs> and where Starman, I'll get your thoughts on the match quality between Kota Ibushi and Sonata. Uh, did you like the chemistry that these two gentlemen have, and do you feel like it has lived up to some of the matches that they had in the past? I liked the match, and I don't know if I liked it more than their match last year at G1, but I had to watch that again, too. Um, I liked the counters to the moves that were successful the previous year within this match, and I liked that Ibushi came on top and got Sonata back for that victory last year. And I liked that Sonata wouldn't shake his hand at the end of the match. Like, you are my rival. Even though I do respect you, I don't want to shake your hand. So that was that was cool, too, like... I definitely was, I think we're going to see these two in more main events eventually because, like, not as one of the most popular people in Japan from what I hear. So, I really enjoyed this match. I, I really enjoyed their matchups because of, you know, they're so similar in their body types and in their height and their weight, and they just match up against each other very, very well. And, like you said, Anwar, they do have a lot of respect for each other um, in a different in a, probably in a different realm, Kota Ibushi and Sonata would be like teammates in a tag team. Well, it's funny if, you mentioned that because <laughs> Kota in his backstage interviews is basically hinted that he basically filed saying, yes, yeah, Sonata, I don't think you belong in LIJ. Come on over. I got a spot for you. Come on, bro. You know you don't want to be LIJ. You really don't fit. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, he's like literally reaching out his hand like, come on, be my friend. <laughs> <That's what's up. laughs> oh boy make make everybody get like hot and bobs and have them attack team oh lord yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah I, I really enjoy uh, their matches I, I really I just really enjoy Kota Bushi. I, I think that no matter who he wrestles against he always 
puts himself in danger, like, man, he is getting his ass whooped. And it always is a doubt as if he's going to be able to come back and win. And that's a very unique trait to have as a babyface wrestler. My favorite, like, favorite Cody matches outside of the one where he had this year versus Dustin were the fucking matches versus Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Whether it was the singles or tags, like, it was awesome. Like, like before he had the match versus Dustin this year, I was like, it's going to be kind of hard to top those two matches he had with Ibushi. But, I mean, I mean yeah, awesome matches. Like, he, he really he's one of those dudes that he can have – a good match with almost anybody and it's only so many people in the world like that at, at any given time right now we're going to come to our main event and this main event definitely has two of those guys who can have a great match with anyone any place will osprey faced off against okada so we have chaos versus chaos in this matchup Okada looks for the Stormbreaker, but Okada counters into a tombstone attempt. Osprey reverses it, and he hits his own tombstone. We get the hook kick by Osprey, but Okada counters the Stormbreaker into the Rainmaker. Okada looks for an- another Rainmaker and hits it. Okada looks for the hat trick, but Osprey counters into the Stormbreaker. But Okada counters out into a spinning Rainmaker, and then he hits another Rainmaker to finally get the win. Over Will Osprey. All right, Terry's boy. If the match versus Kota Bushi didn't put him in the lead for wrestler of the year, then this match right here against Okada definitely springboarded Will Osprey out front when it comes to wrestler of the year talks. This was definitely a five star classic. Yeah, I, I love this match. I, I love the counters. I, I love the physicality. And I felt like this is the first Okada Osprey match where they could really, like, let go and really had a match they wanted to have. Because, obviously, that match they had at the, what was it, the anniversary show, it was kind of more like, okay, let's have some fun. Where this match, like, they let loose. I mean, that chop. <laughs> well, I mean, Okada, like, legit was... Cradle in the corner like a baby. I was like, damn. <laughs> and just his face and, and that, that counter, the Rainmaker to his fast fly. I just, for such a simple move, like Osprey, I just love how many ways he finds the counter guy's special with that fast fly. And it almost <laughs> never is like predictable. It, like that one completely caught me off guard. like, whoa. So, yeah, just, just the creativity. Honestly, both these guys are great. They're very fluid, very athletic. I, I like, I can say, I like Will's continuing. Like, he, he's adding that aggressiveness and that physical element to his game because you kind of forget, like, he's a junior heavyweight, but the guy's like 6'1 and 200 plus pounds. Like, he's now a little, little dude. So, yeah, this is just freaking excellent. And we're Starwin. I'll just let you have the floor and uh, give us your your overall thoughts on Okada and Will Ospreay to end night seven. It was an excellent match. It was one of the better matches of the year. The final stretch was ridiculous. Hey, man. A lot of people thought Ospreay was going to pull it out, but they ain't not going to have no junior beat no heavyweight champion. (laughs) Not not, not just yet. It's still that line in the sand there, so... It was an awesome match, and their story that they're telling between those two will continue on eventually. 
Osprey will get him, but right now you 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 gotta keep losing to the older brother. That's just how it goes sometimes. Little brother got catch them ills before they get strong enough to like beat the bigger brother. That's just how it goes. And that's how it is set up in chaos. <laughs> awesome match. Yeah, like I said, I I enjoyed this match. This was fantastic. It will definitely be a part of the what we are watching hashtag. Uh, so if you want to watch the match, please do a search of the what we what we are watching hashtag and also cast a strong style. This match, the John Moxley versus EC match, will also be available. Tanahashi and Lance Archer as well. So any of the standout matches that um, that that we watch, I'm definitely getting those up uh, through alternative means. So those of you who do not have uh, New Japan World can keep up with some of the uh, better matches, high quality matches of the tournament. So please, uh, like I said, keep on the lookout, keep a search up for the what we are watching hashtag. So at this point, I'm going to turn it over to our guest, Mr. Terry's boy, for his shout outs and thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, just shout out to you guys. Thank you for having me on again. It's fun. Talk about some awesome wrestling. Uh, and just shout out to all the Cassie Stone style people out there, you know, just loving the community, loving the interaction, and uh, yeah, just awesome stuff. All right, Terry's boy, thank you for being able to join us again, making some time uh, this week to join us on the podcast. We definitely appreciate it. Mr. Anwar Starwin, your shout outs and thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. Boy, coming in the room and bringing some cool energy. Always have fun that people come through. You and Mademoiselle, always welcome to come through. And somebody else maybe come through eventually, but um, shout out to Mademoiselle, shout out to Jupiter Jula, shout out to uh, What's Sleep Though. Shout out to my homie Logan and that's and shout out to all the fans that um like download it and like communicate with us and show love. I appreciate y'all. All right. I'd like to give a shout out to Anwar and Terry's boy for joining me on this episode of Cast a Strong Style. Thank you to everybody who uses the hashtag, who wakes up early, interacts with us through Twitter. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, please go over to cspn.us, click on the tab that says keep our podcast free, do some shopping with our sponsors to help keep Cast a Strong Style and all the podcasts free here on the CSPN. Also, check out the dark match where you get to hear some more additional content from Anwar and Terry's boy. They address uh, the recent comments made by Seth Rollins about Dean Ambrose and, or excuse me, John Moxley and uh, Will Ospreay. Ooh, child. <laughs> you can check that podcast out on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. Uh, for $3 a month, you can listen to each and every episode of The Dark Match. Those come out every Saturday, so please uh, subscribe and uh, get some extra bonus content. Um, full disclosure, if you want to hear about AEW upcoming, it's probably mostly going to be on The Dark Match going forward, just because we can't make the WrestleCast two hours every week or longer. Um, I don't want to do that, so more than likely, if you're going to be a fan of AEW and want to hear our thoughts then you're probably going to have to subscribe to the dark match. So go ahead and get on that now. And then once AEW gets started, you won't have to try to scramble to get, uh, you know, caught up there, but there's a lot of good content there over a hundred, uh, podcasts and videos that you will be having access to once you sign up and become a backstage pass member over on our Patreon page. And once again, that's patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. 
So until our next episode of Cast a Strong Style, I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'd like to thank again Anwar Starwin and Terry's Boy for joining me on this episode, and we'll talk to you next time. Cast, cast a strong, strong style. style. style.